I'm Pete Soderling, and welcome to the Zero Prime Podcast, where we explore the early stories of top startups via the experiences of their engineer founders. This week on the show, I'm chatting with Shinji Kim, the founder and CEO of SelectStar. Shinji formerly co-founded Concord Systems, a data streaming platform that was acquired by Akamai. I'll be chatting with Shinji about some of her insights on starting data-oriented companies as an engineer founder, as well as her thoughts on the competitive data catalog space. So let's dive in. Hey, Shinji. Welcome to the show. It's really great to have you on. Thanks, Pete, for having me on the show. Excited to be here. Yeah, we don't get to catch up often, and I always look forward to, to the chances that we have to talk. So I'm looking forward to our conversation. And I know we're going to be able to we're going to talk a lot about data catalog world, which is the world that you occupy now with your newish company, Select Star. But I also want to acknowledge that you know you're one of the few founders in our community that's actually started and sold a company before. So I was thinking about that and thinking about the question I wanted to ask you related to that. And I guess um, if if I could have you just rewind back to days when you started your first company, I'm curious. Like, what was the hardest thing about starting a company as an engineer? Sure. Uh, I mean, that's a loaded question. <laughs> there are so many different things that's hard about starting a company. But I guess to step back a little bit, you know, my first company in the data space was a company that I started in 2014 called Concourse Systems. I was working at a Series A company that's a mobile ad network that was growing super quickly. And we ended up processing about 10 billion events every day. And our streaming pipeline, so Kafka, Storm, uh, HDFS, where we were processing all the impressions, clicks, all different activity data, it wasn't just scaling. Spark streaming wasn't around, Flink wasn't around, and we were patching Storm multiple times. And later on, we even ended up like shutting down our some of our, like, real-time dashboards type of features. And this is like kind of the, like where my co-founder and I like spotted this problem around scaling distributed stream processing is not an easy problem to solve. Uh, This is something, a problem that we run into and we started seeing a lot of other companies also running into similar problems. And this is why we decided to start a company around it. And from there, really like building the prototype, building the team, getting initial customers. Uh, and, and later, actually, I feel like one of the hardest decisions that I had to make during Concord is deciding to sell the company. But in terms of like building the company and working on a startup, there are a lot of the different challenging parts, which I think all founders go through, like to get to like, quote unquote, that product market fit, right? What I see a lot, and this is something that we also went through at at Concord is, uh, and I I see this from a lot of engineer founders, like engineering background founders, like great ideas and definitely an important and interesting technical problem to solve. But like one part that like you would also want to make sure is like, is there a market? that you can bring this solution to in order to deliver value and capture that value. And I think like overall, this is like hard part about one of the early stage startups to get to product market fit. There needs to be uh, already some market that's brewing. It might be smaller in the beginning, but something that you can, you know, see before other people. 
that is going to grow. And uh, obviously, your solution uh, needs to be a lot better than the existing way of doing it. I'm sure most of the engineering founders are uh, much better being able to solving that ladder problem. I think the, it's the former side of uh, finding the right gap and the market you're going to go after uh, is, I think, one of the uh, main challenges that every technical founder uh, needs to be more keen on. I totally agree with you. I, I couldn't more. In my own experience as well, it was really the, the going to market that was the hardest part of that equation because as engineer founders, like we're, we're good at engineering, we're good at building products, we're solving technical problems. But I, I guess I took for granted when I started my first company, how difficult it was to actually do the marketing, do the sales, you know, positioned in the market, understand the competitive landscape, you know, speak to the, those issues and differentiate and all those kinds of things. And I think that's, that's very well said. So you said that one of the hardest later decisions was knowing when to sell the company. How did you, how did you think about that decision? Because you, you ended up exiting Concord to Akamai, right? Yeah, and I'm glad that we sold the company when we did. It was a great partnership and strategic fit with Akamai. Uh, they really valued our core IP and our differentiating um, factors of the product to build something that is much larger than you know what we were building at the time, which was to help global enterprises to run and collect and process lots of sensor data, diagnostics data uh, from, you know, millions and tens of millions of devices. I think at the time, uh, because, you know, I started a company thinking that uh, this is something that I wanted to work on for the next five to 10 years and wanting to, wanting to go build as big of a company as possible. And at the time also, I saw a lot more areas of how stream processing can really influence not just on the data ingestion side, but also how it can trigger real-time decisions and models. Those are the areas that I was very excited about. And when we had the opportunity with kind of like taking an exit, it just was more of like a completely different way of thinking about like, you know, where we will be heading uh, with the company. So that's why uh, it definitely gave me a pause uh, to uh, think through uh, before we decided to sell the company. And so then what, what's the connecting, how do I connect the dots between Concord and Select Star? Because um, obviously you spent some time in Akamai, you know, I'm sure you were noodling on ideas and thinking about what you wanted to do next. And, and a couple of years later, out pops Select Star, which is in the data catalog space. So is that informed by your streaming experience or is that something that's completely different? How do you, how do you sort of, um, speak to that yes it, it, they are connected <laughs> so you know concord was a uh, very much of a data infrastructure company and once uh, we uh, started building uh, this iot platform product at akamai based on the concord technology uh, i started working closely with global enterprises primarily in automotive and consumer electronics industries. And it basically came to me that so many of these enterprises are continuing to and have this desire to collect more data more often. And cloud providers are also continuing to helping them to run that compute, run the storage elastically, and um, allowing them to build more complex models on top of these data. 
So I felt like like this area of data collection, processing, how people utilize the data and the desire to utilize more data in their business processes were only growing. And at the same time, the part that the next frontier of problems that that I saw larger companies starting to run into is actually finding the right data sets and fields to use to calculate their KPIs and dashboards and, you know, making the decisions. And these are more of application-specific, domain-specific, and team-specific issues that weren't necessarily being solved by infrastructure, like platform providers. There are a lot of ways to, like, a lot of tools, like, you know, many of the BI tools and machine learning tools that allows you to create the analysis. But the, the piece in between, like, in order for you to create the analysis on top of, you know, the data sets that you have, you need to have a really good understanding, like, which tables to join together, which are the right like dimensions you might want to look at the data into. And that bridge, that context of data, I felt like uh, was missing in a lot of organizations. So that's kind of like what I noticed, which kind of led me to start investigating into the problems around data discovery and uh, data usage in organizations. And uh, that really led me to get to select STAR. I mean, prior to Concord, I was working as a software engineer, data scientist, and product manager, where I have been in the positions of collecting data, transforming data, building reports, dashboards, and making product decisions, business decisions based on querying data. And it's like smaller scale, but like same thing. If I'm going to create a certain KPI or something that I'm going to track, I want to ensure that, like, you know, I'm using the right table or right, I'm using the right columns and joins. And I've always had to either, like, I, I was using the data because I am the one who collected the uh, data and I've created those tables. Otherwise, I would always have to find the person who's created those data sets and then like have a meeting, like to try to understand like how they're all connected to each other, you know, get a ER diagram, so on and so forth, which I feel like is almost now impossible to do. Now, when you look at, you know, companies, data warehouses, where it has like hundreds and thousands of tables. And yeah, this is why I felt like this is a growing problem that hasn't been fully solved yet that is going to be increasingly more important for everyone to be able to utilize the data that they have collected. So I have two questions about that. One is more um, around the data discovery market as we know it. And I, and I think we'll spend um, some time talking about that. But before I ask that, I want to look at the other side of the equation. What do you think about the school of thought where people are arguing that we should stop spewing data that we don't understand data warehouses and data lakes in the first place, and that we need to take a, a much more rigorous sort of schema-full approach, if you will, as to how we define the data before it even goes into our ETLs, before it even hits the data warehouse. And in a sense, it's talking about trolling sort of the inception of the data so that um, we know what ends up in the lake. 
does, is that approach counter to the, the data discovery or data catalog approach? Or um, what are your thoughts on that? If you're just talking about in terms of collection of data, then that approach, I think, you know, part of it might come from just like regulation purposes, like GDPR, you have to like define purpose of data collection like every, in every field, right? Uh, but if you're just talking about, let's say, trying to do your user analytics and you're just trying to collect as much data as possible based on uh, of their behavior, I think in a way, yes, you may not use all the fields, but you never know, right? So like, because as you run through different models and slice them in different ways, you may find that, you know, certain dimensions are you know, more useful, even though you didn't think that that was like going to be useful from the beginning. I think it's like in both manners regarding collection of data and uh, more of the businesses now think that if we have this specific data available, then we can collect it first and then decide what to do later. And I think this is where the problem of, oh, we have too much data, but not as much of it is being used. But I think this is also part of the area that data discovery can help solving. So a few things that we do in SelectStar is kind of looking into like the usage model. Like, so there are these columns and tables all in, you know, your data warehouse, which tables are actually being utilized and by whom, like who in the company, like which teams, which dashboards uh, or reports. And I think that, that really uh, gives like more of a fuller sense of for the end user to realize that, oh, I didn't know this data was used this way in the past or is used in that way for that team. Uh, so I think that that understanding kind of leads you to uh, be able to you know utilize your data better and also vice versa if you realize that okay well either these are duplicated data or data sets that nobody's been using for the last year then then you can also easily archive those data or decide not to collect those data anymore because it's only causing more storage and compute yep got it so one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Shinji, and to get your thoughts on is trying to give our listeners a mental model of the space because there's so many different data catalog companies out there that I've tried to, to sort of create some representation of how they all fit together or, or sort of might be differentiated from each other. And one thing that I um, came to that I've mentioned to you before is I've, I felt like there's on one end of the spectrum, you have the companies that are very, very deep structure level into like via integrations and um, sort of metadata management and become a real cornerstone piece of fabric that systems are built on um, data systems in that company going forward. An example of this might be like macro data. And then on the other hand, the other end of the spectrum, you have the very user-focused types of tools, um, maybe like a Sakota or someone would be in that category, where it's really just a a catalog tool that helps people start to have discussions about data sets and um, sort of become, you know, a, a center of tribal knowledge for teams as they iter iteratively um, discuss data and sort of log information and metadata into that system. I'm curious if you agree with that that continuum, and um, also if you 
explain how you think about that when it comes to select star and, and where you might fit? I think every modern data catalog tools that are in the market today are definitely focused on trying to bring out the tribal knowledge in one place so that everyone can kind of like refer to that page when they are looking for more information about the data set. And this is kind of like the first and foremost of like, you know, like we call it like, you know, with Select Star, you're getting something like Google for your organization data. And it, you know, like always devils in the details in terms of like what's uh, more upfront versus not. Traditionally, data catalogs or enterprise data catalog tools uh, were designed to basically put a inventory of all your physical data assets. Hence, like a lot of the integrations and also metadata is coming from the source systems so that you have like a one place to search through and then like look up information. The way that uh, we think about data cataloging and data discovery at Select Star is the source systems are important, but then the most of the time the end users are more on the engineering team. Whereas increasingly and today even more so a lot of data consumers are sitting in the as a data analyst data scientist product managers and so on and so forth and it's these data consumers that are starting to build different models dashboards and uh, kpis that they would have to disseminate that knowledge to the rest of the company so at the same time, you know, there are a lot of other tools that you can also use, like, you know, Notion or Confluence, like different wiki to uh, communicate that knowledge. It's just that, like, if you can have a strong automated metadata catalog that's behind it, then you can also refer to the actual data objects instead of just putting like a links or, you know, like just a blob of text that you will have to rely on a person to manually update. So that's kind of how we think about it at Select Star. Like we will automatically load up all the metadata. We'll also like generate the context of each data set automatically by parsing through the query history, looking in through the activity logs to tell you where the data came from, who's using this inside the company right now, how they are using this today in their SQL queries, or what are the dashboards and reports that are built on top of this. But a lot of that is primarily built based on what we can collect directly from the tool, right? That itself is already useful because you know that it's up to date and it's something that, you know, hence you can, you can trust the data. But on top of that, for people who hasn't ever seen a data model before, we would have to start from a little bit more higher level to describe the company business domain level processes and industry glossary terms and things like that. And that's why uh, at Select Star, we also have a feature called the docs and metrics so that you can uh, bridge that gap to link your business processes and business concepts with the underlying data model. And I think it's a fine balance. And there are definitely, I think, different um, take on per vendor. 
With this, I would say that modern data catalog discovery collaboration platform that I envision is uh, something that you can like trust the metadata from the tool because it's up to date and it also has analysis like automated analysis like popularity lineage like usage model things like that that's already built on top of that you can actually aggregate and share uh, with other teams and the rest of the company as well shinji i'm curious to hear like what tools do you integrate with in the data stack then how do you keep metadata fresh and up to date and what's um, what's the select star approach to handling today um we integrate with most of the cloud data warehouses uh, databases and bi tools and some etl tools including dbt our approach on integration is always trying to take the right structure of the metadata that the source tool already has so preserving the data model that bi tools have like you know looker with its look ml views and explorer whereas like tableau has its data sources and uh, the workbooks and we have like underneath we have uh, our kind of like metadata model that we use to map different databases and uh, BI tools. And we utilize the official libraries and APIs to ensure that we are getting the, the full metadata from uh, of the client's instance. And so today, like we support like Snowflake, BigQuery, Redshift, Postgres, and a few other databases are also upcoming. On the BI tool side, we support Tableau, Looker, Mode, uh, Power BI, ScienceSense, Metabase, uh, so on and so forth. And uh, last but not least, uh, we are starting to uh, get more requests around integrations. So we have plans to release an API where customers can easily load in a custom metadata as they need to complete their upstream lineage uh, or to create new pages within SelectStar. And I also wanted to ask you about your thoughts on how the ecosystem changing, especially as it relates to data governance models. Obviously, with cloud data warehouse and data lakes and collection of data at a broader scale than ever before, I think we're seeing the ecosystem and organizational models change. Curious what your thoughts are there regarding centralization versus decentralization and, and to hear your thoughts on data governance. Sure. I think data governance is a new area that's starting to get more attention again now because one, like there are a lot of regulatory changes around organizations collecting and uh, retaining data. Two, also with cloud data warehouses and data lakes being more of a norm in a lot of companies, there is more of a need to manage all of that data since they are now in the, all in one place. So I've given a couple talks uh, called data governance for modern organizations. Uh, in the past, also I have a couple blog posts about it, which are basically driven from best practices of what we've seen from SelectStar by working closely with our customers, achieving their data governance strategy. 
And I think traditionally, data governance has always been taken as a top-down approach, more centralized. And yes, there used to be a central team that manages and executes the plan of getting data in place and uh, making sure that it's all in good quality and processes and so on and so forth. But the nature of data today is uh, primarily decentralized, the way that the data is being used and also being created. So that's why data management office to be more hybrid and the centralized team to act as more of a center of excellence, but also having the right quote-unquote like go-to data manager per contact in different business domains is also becoming really important for them to collaborate on the best practices of managing data. So there are more information on our website, blog, and I do plan to give a couple more talks about this. So definitely happy to chat again when I come back to this podcast or maybe at another time. Well, it's been great talking to you, Shinji. I really appreciate you being here and, and taking time to share your knowledge with our audience. Let folks know how they can get a hold of you if they have more questions about data catalogs or the data ecosystem in general. Great. Well, thanks so much for having me here. And uh, yeah, anyone I think interested in more about SelectStar, we are at selectstar.com. Definitely excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Zero Prime podcast. I hope you enjoyed my chat today with Shinji Kim. If you'd like to get in touch with Shinji, you can find her on Twitter at Shinji Kim, or you can find SelectStar at selectstar.com. If you like hearing from engineer founders on the cutting edge of enterprise startups and developer tools, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show. We'll see you next time.